Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, I'm Sophie Ellis-Bexter and welcome to Spinning Plates, the podcast where I speak to busy working women who also happen to be mothers about how they make it work. I'm a singer and I've released seven albums in between having my five sons aged 16 months to 16 years, so I spin a few plates myself. Being a mother can be the most amazing thing, but can also be hard to find time for yourself and your own ambitions. I want to be a bit nosy and see how other people balance everything. Welcome to Spinning Plates. Cool podcasts. Yep, I know, my voice is absolutely shot. I'm feeling pretty run down, but I still wanted to sing to you. Um... I don't know why I'm run down. I think I had a run of gigs last weekend. I did three festivals on the trot and then came back and, you know, usual stuff, up early getting kids out the door. And then I don't know about you, but every day I get to the end of the day and I think I'm going to have an early night tonight. I just can't do it. It's like once the kids are down in bed, that's the time when I think, right, I'd like to do this, that and the other. And I potter about and maybe watch something, read a bit. And before I know it, it's midnight again. And then, yeah, I'm up sort of like six hours later. So I just need a little bit of sleep. That's what's happening. So, yeah, my voice, listen to it. Uh, Yeah, it's a good job I haven't got a festival this weekend. I haven't. I've got a Pride. I'm going to Birmingham for Pride. But that'll be just lots of fun. I'll definitely be able to sing along for that. And, oh, my cat's just come over to say hi. I'm actually mm, not really wanting to see her. Oh, you know, what? I was going to tell you what's happening with her, but then you might be a bit grossed out. I'll sort it. I've started now. I'll keep it really uh, sanitary. But basically, Rizzo, she's the, the female cat and she's 17. She had what I thought was a little cut on her face. And when taking her to the vet, we realized it's not a cut on her face. Okay, if you're squeamish, maybe like take your, like move away from the speaker or whatever. It wasn't a cut on her face. It was an abscess on her tooth that had burst through her cheek. I know, that's grim, isn't it? Poor Rizzo. Worse for her, obviously. Um, She seems fine in herself. She's booked in for surgery to take the tooth out. It's all going to be fine. But she is looking not amazing. (laughs) This uh, thing poking through her face. Anyway, I don't know why I always end up talking about my cats during the podcast. Is it because I call you podcats? Maybe she hears the word podcats and she thinks I'm calling her. Might change it to something else. Um, Anyway... You don't want to hear about all the tooth abscesses and you don't probably want to hear about my voice being a bit shot. You want to hear about this week's guest, which is the right thing, right place to put your emphasis. This week is really is a really sweet thing, actually. So I interviewed Joe Tuchner-Sharp, who is the founder of a lovely company called Scamp and Dude. But the thing that's really cute about it is um, there was lots of serendipity involved. Um, 
I was approached to do some uh, sponsorship of the podcast, actually, with something that Scamp and Dude had done with an energy company called Eon, where it was uh, reducing um, pollution. You'll hear about that in the chat. And I thought, oh, that's a cool incentive. But I thought, let me find out a bit more about Scamp and Dude. I knew their clothes. I already had a tracksuit. But I didn't really know a lot about their story. I read about Jo and her story, which I will not ruin in the introduction because she'll tell the story better than mine. But it's a pretty incredible start to a business and a you know a life-changing event that happened to Jo. So I got in touch with her and I said, you know what, I'd really love to talk to you. And she said, that'd be nice. Also, we've spoken before 20 years ago in her previous guise when she used to work in PR. She was in beauty PR. So yeah, I thought, oh, how sweet. And I remembered our emails because we used to email quite a lot back when I was like 21. So anyway, isn't that a nice serendipity, all the strands joining up? So it was lovely to reconnect with Jo and actually have a proper chat with her face-to-face. And um, her story's brilliant. Uh, It was a really good chat. And I think you're going to find it quite special. And it was really nice for me. So thank you. You've uh, managed to sort of reconnect with someone I hadn't seen for a really long time. And that's that's what's what's lying ahead of you right now. And so I'm going to sit back and try to avoid my cat nuzzling me from the side of her face which you just don't want nuzzled on anything sorry Rizzo you know what I'm talking about and um, I'll see you on the other side and in the meantime I'm going to stop talking and rest my voice alright let's love see you in a minute it's actually quite funny because I wanted to speak to you because I really love Scamp and Dude, and I, I'd read your story and I was really impressed with you, not realising that I actually knew you like 20 years ago, <laughs> which is quite bonkers, really. Yeah. <laughs> because when this was in your previous sort of incarnation, I guess, when you were working in PR, and you worked for a company called Purple, so you were always to meet Joe at Purple. Uh, yeah, Purple Joe, people used to call me. <laughs> <laughs> so as, as soon as I got that email back from you, like, actually, you know me from then, I was like, oh my goodness. Um <laughs> And I guess that's before everything. So you now have your business. So how old is Scamp and Dude? So it'll be five in November. Oh, it's still quite young, really. Yeah, yeah so primary school. Yeah, <laughs> still cute. <laughs> still cute and little. Yeah, nice pudgy fingers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, when, when did you first sort of make the transition from working in PR to sort of being your own, like, a businesswoman? So I first... After I'd worked at Purple, I moved over to Estee Lauder and did a couple of years in-house um, getting... I mean, it's an amazing company to work for. and mm. it's, I would say it was like my finishing school because Purple was great fun, really exciting events and it was a very um, fun place to work. It was brilliant. But Estee Lauder was very serious and, yeah, like my finishing school, taught me how to do things properly. Are they quite old school like that, quite traditional? It is quite, yeah, it is quite... It's very traditional, um, but... Everything, everything is, you just, you, I learned more about how PR is part of the whole business rather than it all being about PR. It was, I learned about sales and um, education and the importance of every single part of a business, which was actually really helpful to me yeah. moving forward because you can see how everything works together and how important each different aspect of a brand is. Yeah. Then a um, brand like Estee Lord as well, they've done it for so long yeah. and kind of really honed... Um, as you say, that thing of to work there, everybody has to be on the same page with understanding what they're part of. Yeah, exactly. And then I decided I wanted my own business because I'd I loved agency. I missed agency, but there wasn't another agency I wanted to work for. So I set up my own agency um, called Beauty Scene, and I ran that. I mean, I ran it for eight years in the end, but I ran it in a. A lot happened during that time. So first, I went through a divorce when I'd um, first set up the business and then met my now husband, um, Rob, and had my first child. So it was a real, a massive change during that time. And after I'd had my first child, I remember thinking, oh my God, how am I going to make this work? Because running my own PR company was full on. And I thought I'm, you know, I had to go into the office and you're in the office nine till seven every day. And it was really full on. And I didn't want to be out the office and be away from my baby for that long. And I was trying to make that work and work out how how I could make that work. But it was, re- it was really difficult. And when I had my second Jude, I decided, okay, it's time. I, need, I want to do something else. And I decided I wanted my own brand. 
And originally I was going to start a skincare brand because a lot of my work had been in beauty. And a great friend of mine is a really um, amazing skincare expert and blogger and we were going to do it together. And that's what I was beavering ahead thinking, right, I'm going to do that. I'm going to sell my shares in the PR company and that's what I'm going to do. So that, I started the process. But the selling your shares in your own business is incredibly hard. It's mm. a horrible process to go through. It's really emotional, like you're walking away from, it's almost like you're walking away from one of your children because you've set it up from scratch. And it's like the legal side and the the accountants. And it's it was unpleasant, a really unpleasant thing, incredibly stressful. And I, my kids, I, Jude was newborn and Sonny was only three. So it was it was a definitely a hot, not a good time in my life going through selling those shares. And I've had this spasm in my face where it was like, a, you know when you get an eye twitch? Mm. It was like an eye twitch, but it was in my cheek and it was much bigger. And I went to the doctors and I said, what is... Did you physically see it? Yeah, you? you could see it twitching. Yeah. And he said, well, you, are, you are so stressed that you have to stop whatever's happening in your life right now. Mm. And I remember going back and emailing everyone involved in the sale because we're still negotiating how much I was getting for my shares and all of this, oh. and it was just horrible. And I emailed and I said, I'll just accept the last offer, that's fine. I've got to stop doing yeah. this because I'm get- it's going to make me ill. And I wrote, I feel like my head is going to explode. And they're the exact words I used. Press send. And literally, a few weeks later, I had the most excruciating headache. Went to the doctors, they sent me straight to the hospital. They thought it was meningitis started treating me for meningitis in a room on my own and I fell asleep and woke up at one in the morning with a doctor saying um you we found a lump on your brain and you've had a brain hemorrhage and do you have a history of cancer in your family and I was just that was a one in the morning that was one in the morning and then she walked she felt all she was feeling around for lumps in my limbs and then she walked out and I was in this on my own in this dark room all night was she deliberately horrendous. think, I'm going to wait till I'm really <laughs> lonely, middle of the yeah, night kind of time, and go in and just... like, couldn't that wait until the morning? news and yeah. then just walk out again. It's going to go I'll really never well. forget that. There's this grey room, and I was staring at this... It's like a heat sensor on the ceiling, just staring at it, going, oh, my God, my life's just changed forever. This moment, my life's just changed. Like, all I could think about was my boys. They were one and oh. three, thinking, oh, my God, I cannot leave them without a mum. And then thinking about telling my parents and telling my husband and my sisters and just going I can't how oh my god it still makes me feel sick that oh. moment so fast forward to that was that'll be six years ago next month that that happened mm-hmm. and then turns out I needed to have this lump removed um so I was facing brain surgery and again the thought of facing brain surgery when you've got two tiny kids and uh, one of the hard things as well was you couldn't really talk to anyone about how scared you were because you didn't want to make them scared. So I never once said to any of my family or my friends, I'm really scared of dying. Because like, you can't say that to someone who loves you because they're scared of that too, but no one's mentioning it. So you, you, ha- you can't actually, you just have to keep it all inside and just be like, and try yeah. and pretend that everything's okay. And I guess as well, when you look back at that period, as you said, you already... Two young children, so they're like three and one. Mm. So very young children, getting out of a stressful job, selling your shares, which sounds like, as you say, it's like very emotional, something you're already connected with, and it's sort of part part of you, something you've grown. And also this, you know, the horror of a very significant health um, event and an operation. So the scale of how many, this is all over the course of a few months, isn't mm, it? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a bit of definitely a, a life-changing thing to go through. And it, it's, it was one of those things that made, that it, I'll never forget because I remember, go, I remember facing that surgery and going, okay, I don't know if that's going to, if I'm going to come out of it. You face, it's the same brain surgery and heart surgery. You, you can't help but go, I don't know what's going to happen after I come up, when I, wake up if I'm gonna wake up I don't you're facing it going this is uncertain so yeah um and the big the biggest things I remember was one was it's true what people say about the pearly gates when they it sounds so cliche and but it's true you do go there you go okay and you look over your life and it's not about what I found myself it wasn't about oh I never went to enough festivals or I never went Mm. to Australia I never did this it was for me it was I had this horrible feeling that I hadn't done enough good that I hadn't 
helped enough people or because I'd worked in PR I'd lived a life of Riley and I'd I'd had a great fun life but I hadn't really I felt like I hadn't done enough good and the feeling that it might be too late to change that was horrible it was just helpless it was this horrible helpless feeling of I might not be able to change that now that might this might be it and that I always think I always try and speak tell people that to try and go think spend some time thinking about that now when when you have got time to make a change uh, I mean, my husband now, his, his, um, his motto is like, are we living our best life? And he's, this is why we moved out of London. This is why we've done, we've done so many things to try and make life count as much as possible. Yeah. And it's, it, it was definitely, it was definitely was life changing and heading into hospital. Like I said, I couldn't speak to anyone about how I was feeling. So I wrote letters. I wrote letters to everyone. I hid them in the house so that if I didn't make it, they'd find it. Oh, wow. Which was, oof, yeah, goes through me Where thinking about it. Where are they now? Like, oh, I've been, I was, I was actually a bit embarrassed when I, when I came out of hospital and I knew that I was okay. I was like, oh my God, go and get those letters quick and get rid of them. And because I, yeah, it was a, emotional. Yeah, that, I don't know. I think that's a lovely thing to do because you were obviously just, yeah, you wanted to be able to impart a message. But um, I can't imagine. Uh, not everybody has a, a near-death experience in that mm. way. So the significance of it is um, sort of giving me goosebumps, really. Do you think it affected your nearest and dearest in a similar way of evaluating things? Definitely my husband, massively. He changed. Like He was working for another company um, at that point, running a, an agency, and he left afterwards, set up his own business, and he's run his own business ever since and was really keen to move out of London like I said and and it's definitely changed our outlook on a lot of things um and for the better I think mm. we're less worried about this and for me as well work-wise I'm I'm less worried about the kind of things I used to be worried about and yeah. I don't care about things like status or have I reached this have I reached that and for me it's about what I'm doing and what a difference it's making and how much I love what I'm doing and that's very it's it's completely different to how I think I used to feel. I used to yeah. almost be on this um, hamster wheel, just like racing, racing, racing. Yeah. And now I, I take more enjoyment from what I'm doing and it's definitely got more meaning. Yeah. But the, I mean, the idea for the whole of Scamp and Do came from when I was actually in hospital. So I came, went in for the surgery, said goodbye to the kids and the, my parents and Rob, which was terrible but came out and that was the big one of the biggest probably the biggest high I've ever had in my life was waking up in the in the intensive care and realizing I was alive I can't describe how that felt it was just like the most euphoric moment ever because I was like oh my god I made it I was so happy and there's other people in the intensive care with you who'd all come out of surgery as well and I still remember this one little boy opposite me and he'd had piece of his skull because we had both had a piece of skull removed to take the and luckily my mind had been put back on but if your brain swells during the surgery you can't have it put back on and you're sewn up and you've got a big dent in your head and this little boy opposite me had this big dent and he was saying to me are you better now are you better now and I was going yeah but are you better now and but they were they they ask you questions constantly to check if there's brain damage they're saying who's who's the prime minister what day is it all these questions I don't always know that and he couldn't now. No, I know I did go. I don't know what day it is, but I just don't know what day it is. It's <laughs> yeah. not my. And um, this little boy didn't know what was what was going on, oh. so it was uh, yeah. A bit. Anyway, I was, I was very 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 happy to be alive. I was mm. high as a kite, telling the. I mean, it was partly all the drugs that was being pumped through my body. I'm sure, but I was telling the nurses how much I loved their eyebrows. I remember telling she was going. <laughs> Still in beauty PR. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've got great eyebrows. And then she met one of them, made me a cup of tea, and I said, this is the best cup of tea I've ever had in my life before I vomited it all up. And she was like, oh, yes, don't worry, dear. <laughs> and it, I was just so joyful. I was just absolutely overjoyed to be alive. And I thought, right, I've got a second chance. I'm, I've got another chance at life. This is, I'm going to take this. And then when I was recovering, I had 10 days in hospital where I couldn't, I couldn't see the kids because I was shaved. This side was shaved. I was cut from here to here, 20 staples down my head. It looked like Frankenstein. There was no way I wanted them to see that. That's something that would just stay in their brain forever. So that was the longest I've ever been. I'd only been away from them for maybe two nights before. So it was a really long time. And I knew though they, they were with my family though. They were, my eldest was with my, big, my little sister, 
And my youngest was with my mum and dad and Rob. They'd take it in turns at, at home. So I knew they were fine, but I kept worrying about what would happen to single mums and who didn't have a support network. And I kept saying to my mum, what happens to single parents? What happens to the kids then if they don't have a support network? And she'd be like, well, they'd have friends who would have the child, don't worry. And I'd go, what if they don't? And what if they don't have them? And I remember her saying to me, well, they'd go into care. They'd be cared for, don't worry. But the thought of that broke mm. my heart. And I kept thinking, I've, I want to do something to help kids who have to be separated from their parents. I need to do something. There must be something I could do. And I came up with these, what's now our superhero sleep buddies. So they're little cuddly superheroes. And in my head, I thought, if I could put a pocket on the back, I could have put my photo in there and given it to my kids and said, here's a little superhero that's going to keep you safe. And mummy's right here. Look at the back. There's mummy. I'm right here. And I think that would have comforted them when we were apart. So I thought... I'm going to make them. Let me try and make them. And imagine if I could donate one for everyone sold to a child who loses a parent or a child who's seriously ill themselves. And that became my total get well goal. So mm. getting through, because recovering from brain surgery, you're, I was getting migraines all the time. It's, it's not easy. I was going to say, yeah, there's a lot of pain. I mean, yeah. but suddenly dealing with that as a new thing in your life as well. That's yeah. quite a lonely process, I'd imagine. So it, it was all, that was my goal and that was my... That was helping me get better, really. So I was on a mission then, and I registered the brand name Scamp and Dude in the March and found a supplier and started firstly working on the Sleep Buddies and then thought, I think I want to do clothes as well because I came up with the slogan, a superhero has my back to tell kids that a superhero is watching over them when they can't see you. So when they're going off to nursery or they're going off to school, they could wear a T-shirt with a superhero has my back on the back and a little character on the front, and we've got a superpower button on every garment. So our neon bolt is a superpower button. And the idea for that was so kids could press it to get superpowers when they were feeling nervous or scared or missing their parents. Or um, Because when we first launched, we were a kid's brand and we only had two adult sweatshirts. And we launched into Liberty in the November. So that was another, That was this is one of the most magical bits of this story for me was... So I had the surgery in the January, registered the company name in, in the March, and then we launched into Liberty in the November. So in less than a year, the brand was actually launching in Liberty, which I still look back on and go, how on earth did that happen with the state I was in as well with these migraines? But it was that absolute fire in my belly of I'm alive and I've got another chance at life, drive to just do it that I probably could never do again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you look but, back and you go, where did that come from? Yeah, that's what's, exhausting. What's but, that? Yeah, yeah, I'm tired just looking at that timescale. Um, but during, during that process, I suddenly got a DM on Instagram from a buyer at Liberty who had heard on the grapevine that I'd left my PR company and that I was starting a skincare line. So she'd said, oh, Joe, will you come in and see me? Because I'd love to see, I'd love to hear what it is you're doing and see if it's interesting for Liberty. So I said, well, actually, it's not beauty anymore. It's... Um, it's now kids wear because originally we we're a kids wear brand and she said well as fate would have it I'm now head of beauty and kids so let's get Perfect. together I was like oh my goodness this is like a fate moment of, yeah went to meet her she's called Sarah Coon and she's um, um absolutely brilliant woman and she listened I didn't have any samples to show her I just had my brand presentation so I showed all the designs talked her through the story and she just said, I love it, I love it all, we'll, we'll take it all. And she told me how many she would want of the sleep buddies, and it was more than I'd ordered totally. So I had to quickly call the factory and go, quadruple my order. Because whatever she took, I was donating that amount. Of course. Because we donate one for every one. So that was an unbelievable moment, walking out of Liberties, bawling my eyes out, calling my parents and my husband going, they're taking it. It's like, it was almost like kind of confirming that this was... It, it was good and it was yeah, going yeah. to be, it was something, I was onto something type thing. So, also, Liberty is oh arguably like my favorite shop in the whole world. Yeah, me too. I love it in there. So, yeah, that's yeah. like a very, very big um, purple tick. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. Um, it all comes back to purple. <laughs> so, this week, this part of the podcast is brought to you in partnership with Eon. As a leader in sustainable energy, E.ON is committed to helping create a greener, cleaner and more wonderful world. And as part of this commitment, E.ON is on a mission to raise awareness of the dangers surrounding air pollution and help clean our air. 
Now, to do this, Eon have actually launched something that's really fun with a positive impact on kids. So I'm looking forward to telling you all about it. And I'm delighted to welcome Joe to the podcast. This is Joe jo Touchula Sharp, who's the founder of fashion brand Scamp and Dude, which is famous for its superpower-infused leopard and lightning bolt loungewear and vibrant designs. I am a fan myself. <laughs> and Eon have partnered with Scamp and Dude to create this amazing cape. It's a very beautiful cape, which is going to tackle an important issue and empower children to make a change. So welcome, Joe. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. So in order to tell you about the exciting work Iona are doing, I first want to talk to you a bit about air pollution. I'm sad to say this is reaching dangerous levels across the UK and this is nothing but bad news for us and our kids. So did you know, for example, that children in around 2,000 schools and nurseries in the UK are being exposed to illegal and unsafe levels of nitrogen dioxide pollution? That's horrific. Actually, we walk to school and it's quite a busy road, so I'm very glad about these capes. I think it'll help my kids too. So to shine a light on this very pressing issue and to demonstrate ways we can tackle pollution, Eon have partnered with Scamp and Dude to create Air Heroes Capes for kids that help destroy pollution, empower children to make a difference on their walk to school. I walk my kids to school pretty much every day and I love the idea that there's something that I can do to help reduce the amount of pollution my children are exposed to. It's definitely a conversation that we've had at home. And when we first unboxed it, well, we're really happy to see the cape. It's one thing being told we can help reduce pollution by doing what feels like a magic cape, but hey, to see it in all its glory, that's brilliant. But I wouldn't want to reduce the Air Heroes cape just down to a bit of fun. The truth is it's making a real difference. To tell the truth, before my research this week, I hadn't known quite how bad it is near schools. Due to idling cars, often being near busy roads and children playing outside, children are exposed to higher levels than many are aware. And add to that, pollution's worse near the ground. This means children are often the first impacted by high pollution levels. So, Joe, why have you partnered with E.ON on this campaign? Well, I loved the idea when they contacted us. Um, the idea to kind of empower kids to actually be able to make a difference because this this magic fabric that they've got that actually traps pollution, that just blew my mind because I thought I'd never heard of anything yeah, like too, it. Actually. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is incredible. If we can put this in some little superhero capes and get the kids going to school feeling like little superheroes, sucking up the pollution as they go, that's pretty empowering for those children and for them to feel like they're actually doing something and also they're going to want to tell their parents not to drive to school because they're going to want to walk in their capes and I just thought it was a lovely campaign to be part of. Yeah it really is and the capes are gorgeous can you tell me a little bit about the design? Well I, w I went a bit retro superhero with the design I, I wanted to go um, I love all those really original superheroes and so I, I, we chose some some Scamp and Do colours, and then Eon of, um, have an Eon Red that we bought into it. And then we've used our Leopard and Lightning Bolt, so that's our superpower-infused leopard print and our cheetah print as well, and then there's stars all over it. And it's just a really fun, classic superhero um, cape design. It looks a bit reflective as well, is it a bit reflective? So that's got some, yeah, some reflective strips, and that's, I added those on because my, um, I love those, my boys had some coats ages ago that had like, reflect, they were just reflective, and they are amazing when you're out and the car lights hit them, they just glow, and, yeah. or walking, we walk, walk in the country with them, and then when you put the torch on them, they literally glow, and I thought, I want some strips of this, which, for a safety as well, but also to add for the fun of it, when they can see each other glowing, walking in their capes, it uh, looks really cool. Yeah, I'd be happy to be glowing, <laughs> I'm wearing the cape myself. Um, that all sounds amazing. And actually, having seen the capes, they are beautiful. And thank you, Joe, for telling me more about your collaboration with Eon. And also, you can enter now for your chance to win an Air Hero cape, not just for your child, but for the whole class. If you visit eonenergy.com forward slash air dash heroes to enter, um, your promotion runs until the 5th of November 2021. And T's and C's apply. Look out for the capes. They're great. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm just, I mean, I was, you know, thinking it through. There was, you know, obviously, you'd been through a divorce. You'd gone from working in an agency to working in-house estate lawyer, setting up your own business, then already sort of starting the shift after having your boys to thinking, I want to do something that's a bit more, works better for me. So maybe aspects of where you found yourself, that you know, the, the threads were already there. But I think, is it something, if you've had something happen to you, like this massive health scare that's so significant is that like a is it almost like joining a sort of club you didn't mean to be a member of do you sometimes meet other people who've had similar things and yeah. there's just a sort of understanding well I think since I launched Scamp and Dude I'm contacted very often now on Instagram with people especially if people have gone through um if they have brain if brain tumors or brain hemorrhages or mine was called a cavernoma which I had which was a cluster of abnormal blood cells so mine wasn't a cancerous tumor it was this thing called cavernoma, and if they hadn't taken it out, it could have bled again and um, killed me because it was basically your second hemorrhage is always bigger than your first and then it can be fatal. So it needed to come out. Um, but with, it, with the funny thing with the cavernoma, well, not very funny actually, but the interesting thing with the cavernoma is you can have them all your life and not know and they can actually not cause you any damage if they don't bleed. So... I might have had mine all my life, yeah. but it was the fact that it hemorrhaged that was the problem. Once they hemorrhage, and mine was like the severe stress, put too much pressure on, on so stress a was mine. A, was my, a factor, you My think? Um, surgeon says that he, that's what he thinks is prob- the probable cause because that's the only thing that was going on and that a severe pressure in my is probably what caused the bleed, not the cavernoma, that that. They just happen. These cavernomas, they can mm. just. But like I said, they can be. They can be there all your life, and you don't even know there's a problem. Mm. It's only if they bleed. And I know people have contacted me, and they they found out they've got a cavernoma, but it's not bled, and they're not having theirs removed, and they're scared. And I mean, it's something I quite enjoy is talking to these. It's usually women who get in touch with me to talk about how they're feeling because I like the fact they've got someone they can actually talk to because they don't know me, so they can tell me they're scared of dying, and they can tell me all these things they couldn't tell their friends and family which so I quite like that I can be that person for them and Mm. I obviously if they've got kids they we send their sleep buddies and we've we also launched our scarves where for every scarf sold we donate one to a woman who's seriously ill just to give them some comfort because when I was in hospital I had a scarf from home and I used to wrap myself up in it because it's so clinical and it's quite nice to have something from home and it's like a comfort blanket so that's been a nice um nice thing to do too but there's the support I think it's really important and I love the fact that they feel like they can reach out to me and Instagram's great for that because mm. they can come straight and chat and I can try and help and it's the same when their kids are ill they reach out to me as well and I, I try and help raise money if because there's a certain cancer called neuroblastoma where a lot of these kids suddenly they've run out of their options for treatment in the UK and they have to go overseas for treatment. And these parents suddenly have to raise half a million pounds. Yeah. And it's, you, you imagine if you're, I mean, we're used to working on with social media, but imagine if you're not and you suddenly got to try and raise half a million. So I try and help these families raise awareness for them to try and help raise the funds and try and get behind them and 
tell their story to try and because these it just must be so horribly overwhelming you've got your child fighting for its life and then money's standing between it getting the treatment that it needs it's heartbreaking yeah oh no I know and I think it's actually really nice to hear that you take such well you you seem to cope very well with that having opened that door to all those stories because I know um I spoke to a woman called Sylvia who'd been very badly burned as a as a small child when she was only two and a half and so she was trying to help people with um, their scars and she said sometimes it actually got a bit much actually because people were kind of, you know, telling incredibly personal things and I know that sometimes those when those doors are open it can be quite a lot. But I guess maybe as well, I mean, six years is actually not a very long time. So mm. do you find that sometimes you'll be busy getting on with something and then suddenly you're kind of back in that grey room with the looking at the heater and thinking yeah, about things? Yeah, I think it's... I think it's, it's it was times like this where I'm retelling it and suddenly I'll get a lump in my throat because I'll I'll have not thought about it for a while and suddenly I'll remember how I felt and it's all comes flooding back. But I think the hardest thing for me with with the people that contact me and and it's the people I build relationships with that don't make it. So there's been a few mm. that of women who I've I'd say I've become friends with and chat regularly too. And then suddenly I'm just not getting a response. And then suddenly I'll get a message from my husband to say they've passed away. And you're just, oh God, there's been a few particular ones that really, really upset me. And there's one that's really very, you know, these funny things in life that happen. So she was, I absolutely loved this woman. She was so brilliant. She had three little girls and we used to talk regularly on, um, just on Instagram as well, just chatting. And I told her about the letters and she was writing letters for the girls and for when she'd gone because she knew hers was terminal and we'd have low we we just built this lovely relationship and she passed away and her sister wrote to me to tell tell me and then her husband wrote to tell me and and said you were on the list of people to contact and then strangely one one of my best friends from university contacted me and said you'll never guess what's just happened she said she'd moved house and there was a knock at her door and a lady was there with a scamp and dew jumper on and a bottle of wine saying, welcome, I'm your new neighbour. And my friend had opened the door wearing a scamp and dew jumper and they went, oh my goodness, we're both in scamp and dude. And she went, and Katie said, oh, it's it's my best friend from uni. And this lady went, oh my goodness, I have to tell you this story. And it was this girl's sister. This lady's sister who had died is now my friend's neighbour. Wow. And I, you know, when you just think this is some people you're meant to be in their life, I'm dying to go up to, to Sheffield and meet her and meet the girls that these three little girls have been left without a mum now and it's so heartbreaking but it's I'm still in touch with them somehow which is there's some kind of magical things that go on through Scamp and Dude I find all these connections I'm making and these funny little things that happen that some of them are heartbreaking but some of them the differences you can make just by being supportive to people and and trying to help them and and it's it's yeah. Amazing. Well, it's also about what keeps, the, you know, there's always that adage, isn't there, about people on their deathbed and saying, oh, nobody ever says, I wish I'd done more work. But actually, yeah. if you're getting out of your bed and have your have a purpose mm. and purpose in your work, and, and actually, I think it's it gives you life. Yeah. Um, and so I suppose, that, you know, your those continuations of stories, they're all kind of wrapped up in the thing that's been your, you know, your baby, really, this, this project and this business you've been building. Um, and... You know, does it kind of sometimes that pressure? We're, we're all, you know, we, even if you haven't had a significant a, a, a event as yours, we're still living in a time when we're very much encouraged to live in the moment and you know seize the, the day and live your best life and all these things, which can actually sometimes put a little bit of pressure on the day to day. But I think when it comes to talking about legacy, that's something I've started to think about a lot more in terms of like what is it you know you want to leave behind and. Does it kind of amaze you that actually you've built a, a really solid, credible business out of something that actually came out of just a quite an emotional, instinctive response? Yeah, massively. And I think the 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 way that it seems to touch so many people and so many, I think I think all parents know that feeling, that feeling when in your heart when you when you have to leave your kids if I mean sometimes it's quite nice to leave them for a night you know you have a night (laughs) off but when you if you have to leave them for a long period of time it's that ache in your heart when you're just like oh god or if they're upset leaving them at the school gates we all know that feeling and everyone knows what that feels like and everyone I think can imagine what it feels like to 
be separated and not know if you're going to be okay. And I think it just, people get it. They understand it. And everyone has that feeling. And I think people seem, it's, people seem to warm to it because they, they understand it. And then I think the clothes are, are joy, joyful. And like mm. I said, like we're now 80% women's wear. So most of our collection is dresses. Yeah, the adult and bit's actually the, the main bit now. Handbags and tracksuits and everything's designed to really flatter and to be really massively comfortable. Like this, this is softest okay. organic cotton. It is very, very It comfy. really is comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why during lockdown we, we did very well because I think people wanted just to be wearing comfortable clothes but to be wearing looking clothes mm. but I always say there's a lot more to us than just cool clothes so people are always going on about how much they love the clothes but there's a lot more to us underneath mm. and it's interesting because uh, like on Instagram I I don't often talk about the story behind the brand because I think there's a lot of people who have been there from the start and I don't want them to be like oh here she goes talking about her brain again <laughs> <laughs> whereas there's actually so many people joining the community daily that I do need to to remind them about what's behind the brand. And every time I do, people are like, oh my God, I had no idea this is what you're about. And mm. I wondered why you did all this charity work. And I had no idea about that. And so it's really important to tell the story because there's so almost so many new people joining and the community we've got is absolutely incredible. Like there's so, this amazing loyal group of women who are just amazing actually it really keeps you going when you're exhausted and you're yeah, kind of yeah. like oh, god like you say the juggle is can be really intense and then you've got this community that just kind of push you up and go come on you can do this yeah and I mean I, I saw something I was reading about how you have to be quite boundaried about your work because I think that's one thing that can be really tricky particularly as it's something so born out of a about basically your you know your relationship with your children and what was a very personal experience but Beyond that, you, when you're actually building a business, there's times when you do need to be on the email work, and, and working from home, presumably, for the yeah. majority of it. Um, so you said, I, I read that you said you're very good at your boundaries. Is that something you realised quite early on? Well, no, I, I mean, I had to be because it was getting completely out of control and I was mm. trying trying to answer emails when I was with the kids mm. and getting stressed with them because I was yeah. getting interrupted and it wasn't their fault and I'd feel terrible and then and no one was getting the best out of me and... and that was a really big turning point for me was actually going, right, I'm putting my laptop down, my phone down when I'm focusing on the kids and yeah. then I'll pick it up later. So for those, when I'd pick them up from nursery or from school, just to go focus on them and go, I'm not, I'm not going to look at my phone or my email until I've got them their tea. And then when they're eating, I can go and check my emails and, yeah. but not try and do the two together. And that made a big difference. And also little, little things, which I still sometimes don't do very well, is like not having a phone at bath time so that the kids know you're just focusing on them in the bath. Yeah. and Because I'd, I'd be sat there answering emails. And I then I suddenly thought, oh, my God, they're, they're just seeing me working. And they'd be like, Mum, stop working. Yeah. Mummy, stop working. And you'd be like, oh, my God, this is really bad. But running your own business is intense. And it's so you do have to put the hours in. But I think we've got a much better balance now. Now um, I've got a decent team. And I think that's made a big difference. So at first it was very much me trying to do everything and then freelancers helping a bit but you're still very much carrying the weight on your own and whereas now I've got a team and it's made the that's made the biggest difference but you have to get to the point when you can afford a team yeah when you're at the size when you can actually have that help but that's that's made a huge difference for me where I can yeah I think as well as what's significant is probably if you've had a business you've grown like that and it's so intensely personal at its core how easy is it to invite people into that, to form mm. that team? Yeah. Is that, I, is that tricky? It, it is tricky, but I'm quite careful with who I do bring in. And, I mean, so far, I'm touching wood, <laughs> they're all angels. Like, because they, there's certain people that want to work for Scamp and Dude, and, they, and I always make sure that the, the heart of Scamp and Dude is what they're really into. Yeah. It's not just the exciting bits and the... Know the fashion, and it's that they're actually really interested in wanting to help and come up with other ideas of how else we can help people and all of that. So I think I'm quite careful, and they're yeah, they're all brilliant. They're all good hearts. That's what I always look for. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> really good hearts. Have you got a good heart? Okay, you're in. And do you still are you still involved in the beauty beauty industry as well? No, not not anymore. I mean, I still do the spa backstage. Apart at the from Brit telling Awards. nurses they have nice eyebrows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Um, but no, I mean, I still have lots of friends in the industry, but not work-wise, no. I've, I'm a bit of an all-or-nothing girl, and now my mind is in the fashion. I just have to give everything to that and yeah. not, uh, not kind of wonder. Yeah, because I was wondering as well, a little bit in, in PR, I don't know if this is true, but I would imagine sometimes when you're you know, raising a young family, you have to give yourself over to that world so much. And it's not just the nine to seven, as you say, as the sort of job bit, but quite often there's events in the evening yeah. and there's a lot of CNBC and the networking yeah. and all of that. And I've often thought that must be really tough when there's small people you're going home to. I think I think definitely, I, I, don't, I couldn't have done that. I mean, how, how I used to live, it was like, it was my life. And I was every evening I was out with different people and I absolutely loved it. But hard with little ones definitely mm. and I think there's a reason that PR really is a young person's game and most of the people in PR are youngsters because yeah how can you I know how can you do it and I think you just grow out of it as well I mean it's the last thing I'd want to be doing now oh no it's funny you say that because I looked at um some uh, pictures of people who'd gone to an awards thing last night and they're all doled up and it's all the, you know, the makeup and the hair and the outfit. And I was like, that looks exhausting. There's literally no part of that, <laughs> yeah. that I want to do right yeah. now. And I used to go out a lot to those sorts of things and now I'm just like, I don't know, I had the energy. And I think also over the last um, 18 months, I feel like there's been a lot more small businesses emerging from people who've found themselves at home and thought, you know what, Every the world's gone a bit wonky and what am I really up to? What do I really want to be doing? Do I want mm. to go back to that commute and the office work or is now the time to sort of take the plunge? And do people come to you asking for advice about setting up a business? They must. Yeah, lots of lots of people. Um, and I think, it's, I think it's always one of those things that if you've got a burning desire to do something, you should just do it. I mm. mean, life is definitely too short and you've just got to, it's, it's horrible to end up going, God, I'd done that and actually be miserable working in a job and not have taken the risks. And I think yeah. you've, you've got to take risks. That's what I think that's what life's all about. You can have a very safe life not taking any risks, but to actually really be able to reach, reach your goals and achieve things, I think you've got to take risks. Yeah, and you, have you always been quite a positive person? Because I imagine some people might go through something that you went through and not actually emerge as much of a sort of phoenix through it, really. Because it yeah. could probably be something, these things, you know, you're always so shaped by the things that happen in your life anyway, but with an mm. event like that, um, it's important to take own, uh, ownership of it and you've turned it into something really positive. But for some people, they'll probably be quite defined by it in a different way, I'd imagine. Yeah, I think, I, I think that's basically down to my parents. I had got amazing parents. had a very, um, just quite an idyllic upbringing still really close to my parents they're just brilliant and I think that they shape you they give you that confidence don't they and definitely um so I think that's that's probably what it was but I am very I am very positive I always look on that I think I drive people mad sometimes because some my husband especially because some he'll be like oh this and I'll go no but this <laughs> but this and that and he's like oh god <laughs> yeah probably on a streak is not a bad thing <laughs> no. I'm a bit like that myself um, did your both your parents were they both working parents when you were growing up yeah mum was a teacher and dad was a headmaster oh really yeah I have to yeah. at the same school no different no, schools okay. different schools <laughs> but it's so cute because everyone they were really loved and in the where I grew up we always bump into people that go hello Mr. Tuchinella or hello Mrs. Tuchinella everyone knows them and just loved them Aww. which is really it's really sweet I'm really proud when we're at home and they're all having gushing people coming over Cute. That's very cute. And yeah, they've made, played such a significant role in other people's childhood. I mean, you always yeah. remember the teachers you liked. Wow. Definitely. Um, and I always ask people when I speak to them if they're the sort of mother that they'd imagine they were going to be. Do you, do you think that you are the sort of mother you imagined? I, th I think I am, but I would like, I would like to have more um, time and energy to play more. That's something I, I think. I'm rushing around so much that... I mean, this this summer holiday has actually been brilliant and it's probably been the time that I've stopped the most and actually spent time and, and done things together and we've had proper time off, and which has been brilliant. But it's definitely something I'm aware of that I need to make time to actually, you know, get on the floor and play more. That's... Um, yeah. I think we're always thinking of things we could do better and things we could be yeah. trying to do better. But I agree with that, but then I also think... Sometimes it's quite nice when you acknowledge the things that actually just aren't really the thing that's your strength, you know? Mm. And um, there's lots of, I don't know, there's other, as long as there's other people in their lives that are really good in those roles, 
Like I I know that there's some things I'm better at than others. Yeah. And so I'll be like, I can do lots of that, but you know, other things just like, oh, leave me out of that. Yeah. Um, so. when they went to play Star Wars and you're a bit like, oh god. <laughs> you're like, I don't really know what to do. Yeah, I wouldn't really want to do that, but then I'm quite good at actually making like the outfits to wear, like the fancy yeah. dress side of the it. The art and crafty bits, yeah, definitely. Art craft, yeah, craft, some face paint. Yeah. I'm absolutely down with that. I'll spend a long time getting that as right as I can. In fact, sometimes it's gone really, really wrong. Um, my, well, the, the second one, Dan, and the third one, so Kit and Ray both got very, very into face paint for a while, but then it turned into full body paint. Oh, my goodness. Yep, which sometimes is full body paint. <laughs> and one time, Kit um, got really into, there's a character in Star Wars called Darth Maul. He's like black and red sort of lines all over his face. And he said that he wanted to be Darth Maul naked. Oh, my god! Which prompted me to think, okay, I'm just going to look what that looks like, but don't ever write in any Star Wars character naked into Google because <laughs> you just come up with lots of very specific, more adult-based... Um, uh, it's, it, it wasn't helpful for my face. Yeah. Paint, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I had to do this very careful, um, symmetrical black and red all up his whole body. And he's very specific that I had to include his willy as well. That's hilarious. So, yeah, that's how we spent And then you day. let him wander around the house with the paint, face paints all over your sofas. and Yeah. yeah see, I'm not very good with that. Yeah. Um, I does it love... come off then? Does it come off? Tom? It does come off, yeah. Water base. <laughs> okay. I'm, not, I'm not putting it on with Sharpie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember the three things you said were really good, for, you know, important practices for your for your own business, and they all began with a P. And I remember it was purpose. Oh no, I do remember purpose, passion, and product. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Is that still how you feel about it? I do. I, I definitely do. And this is when, when when people contact me and ask me for advice of starting a business, I always I always try and say, well, okay, think of what you're about to do and what what your idea is. Are you imagine yourself still doing it in ten years' time? Are you still going to love it? Because Never think of it as a short-term thing. Like people come to me and go, oh, I've got this idea and I thought I might make a bit of money, I might be able to sell it in a couple of years. And I'm like, oh God, no, don't even go into it. You've got to love it so much yeah. because you will never have worked as hard as, as setting up a, a brand. I mean, try, it gives me chills actually thinking about it. Those early days of having to do every single element yourself, having to learn it all. I'd never had, I'd had a business, but I'd never had a brand. So production, manufacturing, and all the kind of the finances and trying to, I'm not great with that side of things. So here's me with all my spreadsheets trying to yeah. work out all that. Oh God, it was a... Uh, was, uh, Were just, there many challenges like in terms of people saying to you, oh, because obviously now we can sit here with, it's got, you know, this amazing story at the Colonel and it's successful. But at the beginning, you know, just because you've got a good impetus for starting doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be, you know, plain sailing. Well, it was, I mean, I was lucky in so far as, like retailers loved what we were doing and we we were sales were great from the start which I got had I guess because I'd got a history in PR I had really good contacts with the media so I had lots of lovely press coverage so people knew about us quite early on and social media came quite naturally to me because of my PR background I suppose so I wasn't overwhelmed by that and I really enjoy it I love doing that so that was kind of helpful for me too and Luckily, people like the designs, and we, I remember we launched the when we launched the women's sweatshirts, and I couldn't keep them in stock, and I was suddenly seeing like a thousand people on the site, and I was going, "Oh my god!" And it was like crashing, and I was going, "Oh my god! I need more, need more women's sweat." And my husband was going, "Order lots more. Stop being so scaredy cat. Order thousands. Like, come on, order." And I was like, "Okay, okay. I need to be braver." And ordering huge amounts more, and then when they came in, them just selling out and going, "Oh my god, wow. I think I'm onto something. I think people like what I'm doing. This That's is so exciting. Yeah, really exciting to see the journey, and then to develop new products so to go into dresses. Um, and that was really because I was talking at more events and, and going to more events and not being able to wear scamp and do because it was an evening do or it was, mm. a, and I wanted to represent the brand obviously, and I'd be wearing other brands' dresses. So I, like, I need to make dresses. Why aren't I making dresses? I wear dresses a lot. I should make dresses. And that was so exciting to go into a new category and make what in my mind is the perfect dresses. So mm. the most flattering, pinching in the right places and and then bags and going into all these different things that like we don't swim, swimwear this um, season for the first yeah, time. Cool. And it's it's so exciting to be doing all these um, different things and to just think anything I want to wear or I want to be using, I can design and make. That mm. feels magical to yeah. me to go. And I've got a bag that I've, recently designed it's just my I just designed what is my perfect bag and then I'll design it and make it and then sell it and then when other people love it too I'm like oh it's so exciting yeah that must be incredible yeah it's a really good feeling 
And and so going back to the you know time in the hospital, have you have you spoken to your boys about it? Is it something that you've broached? Because obviously they won't remember that time they were little. So we're very. I haven't kind of obviously told them the severity of it, but I have. Um, we've talked about it. And Sonny for quite a long time, he did remember. He remembered the. He called it the greys. And um, I've never heard of anything that's that's kind of underestimated so much as calling it a greys. Like I thought you meant maybe like it, the colour greys. Like, no, no, little no, tiny greys on my head. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's so grays. sweet though. It's very sweet. Yeah. Oh, oh yes, your greys. Yes, my little greys. Tiny little greys across my whole head. <laughs> but I thought that was quite sweet. That that's how he, what he called it. And then mm. they'll they'll refer back. I mean, Jude was one. He I don't think he would remember. Um, so we, no, we don't really talk about it, but it's something that they know happened mm. and they know I had a poorly head. Like Sonny will go, oh, when you had your poorly head. Um, but Jude was too small, really. Yeah. But they know what Scamp and Jude's all about and they know what's, I mean, Scamp was named after Sonny, Jude, Jude was named after Jude. So it's, they're so part of it and they've so, yeah. been so part of the journey. And I love the fact that they've seen their mum create a business and work so hard and that they can see that anything's possible. And I always say that to them, like, you can ha- you could have a brand when you grow up. You might have some, because they always go, you really love Scamp and Dude, don't you? And I go, well, yeah, I do. But you you could have one of these one day and come and be involved. And Sonny um, designed a print recently. He designed, he drew these little characters and I turned it into a print for one of the latest kids' collections. And him seeing his clothes, like in Liberty and in Fennec, and it's amazing for him to see that it really gave him a little boost which is cute and they they're very much part of it so yeah no that's wonderful I can see that they're yeah they're completely in the fabric of all of it I think it's a lovely outcome from something so scary but I wonder would it be like if you could kind of go back and visit yourself back at that sort of one o'clock in the morning time and just be like I'm Joe from the future (laughs) yeah you're going to be okay (laughs) you're gonna be okay yeah that was very very dark time that was I'll never yeah Get that. But I think that the fact that there's um, such heart at the core of, of what you're up to is obviously so part of, it's so intrinsic to what it is that you're doing. So there has been something very, very positive that comes out. And all those connections as well, all those mm. other people that are all part of it. And I think it's, um, and as you say with your parents, I think so much of it is about giving your kids as well that thing of, look, we can't always choose what, what hurdles we're going to have to jump over, but there's a way to kind of redefine things so that you can actually carry it forward with a bit more positivity. And what was it your husband said about living? What's let's live? Are we living our best life? I think the answer would be sounds like a yes. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, Did you always want to be a mum? Is that always something that was part of your plan, do you think? Yes, 100%. Even when I was a little girl, I was always knew I wanted to be a mum. And my um, parents had my younger sister when I was five. And I was literally the happiest child. Uh. And pushing her along, like she was like a real dolly. And and then, yeah, I think mum was always thought, oh gosh, she, uh, I hope she does, I hope she waits to have kids because I loved kids so much. Like I always loved our baby cousins. And our... Oh, that sounds very familiar to me, actually. That's quite, so that's, is it just the two of you, your and sister? With three. So I've got an older sister and oh. a younger sister. So my older sister's just one year older and then the younger one's five years younger. Um, but all my, yeah, all my little cousins were much younger and I just would spend my whole time with them on my hip. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely always wanted to be a mum. I'm surprised you stopped it too. You didn't go crazy like me. <laughs> <laughs> Two's and enough. So, yeah. Yes, I know. It actually is. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. I really don't. A uh, little, little bit mad. Uh, <laughs> do you have any sort of um, mummy sayings that you say to your boys as they grow up? I'd actually, when I've said that, I'm thinking, do I? I probably have lots, but they'd ha- they would tell me. I think everything I say is a repetition of something I've said before, to be honest. Yeah, and I hear, I hear them, I do hear them saying something sometimes and giggle to myself going, oh. There's a big one that's always, was that kind? Oh, <laughs> like, yes, me too. Was that kind? Yeah. Do you think you're being kind? That's always a big yeah. one when as they've got the, uh, the brother around the neck. Yeah. Is that kind? Yeah. <laughs> think before you say something, is this kind? Is this helpful? <laughs> right, is that what, and then I, I, often if I say to them, what do I say? They won't remember it. And I'm like, I say it every day about the kindness. I'm like obsessed. Yeah. Obsessed with the kindness. Yeah. Uh, do you have like... It's quite hard to answer this, maybe. But what do you what do you hope for your for your boys? Do you have a sort of hope for them as their mum? What you I hope d- I definitely what? hope that whatever they do in their career, they that they really really love it. Because I remember it's probably the only thing I've ever not agreed with my dad on. Because my dad's like a hero, and 
I always agree with him when I always go, yeah, you're so right, you're so right. And this is the one thing where I've gone, I don't agree. It's when I was a child and I said something about, I mean, I was probably a teenager working and, and I went, oh, God, work. And he went, it's called work for a reason. It's work. You're not meant to enjoy it. Ooh. And I went, oh, my goodness, I don't agree with that. This is, we spend more of our life doing work than we do yeah. anything else. I've got to enjoy it. And I think Dad's now gone, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's the right attitude. And I think you should enjoy work. But I think in those days, maybe... Yeah. That wasn't the you you did you chose a career you stuck with it whether you enjoyed it or not and you you did it hundred percent no the generational um, thing is is I would say almost a hundred percent of why he gave that answer yeah I think definitely we just don't think of it in the same way anymore no and I I think for me I want them to make sure they do a job that they enjoy getting up for every day never yeah. have that dread of going into work and just be doing something that absolutely fulfills them and that they love doing yeah that's um that's a really big thing. That is. I mean, it's it's it, that whole job for life thing was very much part of a previous generation. But mm. but similarly, um, I've realised that I've put so much emphasis on them finding something that they love. That sometimes that comes with the pressure as well. Basically, you're going to make it hard for them no matter what. Is sort of like the bottom line? But yeah, that that pressure of like, well, what is my thing? What is the thing that's going to make me? But then maybe like you, sometimes it takes a little while to find out exactly. Yeah. And then suddenly all the strands leading up to the point, I was like, ah, actually this pulls in, you know, your every element of the jobs you've had in the past and mm. what you've learned and your finishing school with Estee and all these things. Yeah. It all comes into play, but you don't always know it until you get there. You? And you can have complete career change. My, mm. I was 40 when I set up Scamp and Do, so I had a complete career change at 40. So that's another thing I think it's important for people to think it's not too late. When some people go, it's too late now, I'm just going to have to do this. It's not too late. You can definitely change your career and start doing something else. 40 is young. Like, yeah. you can definitely change and start doing something else then if you want to. Yeah, you know what? I love that. I really love that. And I'm always saying it to people, whether it be, you know, in a romantic way as well, like with relationships, I'm like, never settle. Like, mm. There's never an age where it's okay to settle. And it's the same with your work. You're right. You're so right. I, I love that. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad that um, you voiced that because I think that's really a really important thing actually about as you say it's never too late just to, yeah. to change it all oh thank you so much joe thanks for having me <laughs> thank you i mean how many people have had a near-death experience like that absolutely extraordinary um i can't even really what it must must feel like to be sort of alone in a hospital room having just heard that your time might be up. That's that's something that uh, not everybody has experienced. And how impressive that Joe has turned something so stark and dark into something positive. Uh, I think that's probably a bit of a running theme with everybody I interview, really, that they have uh, positivity like that. I think I'm, I'm always quite fascinated and attracted to talking to people who can do that with things that happen to them. And on that note of being positive, I'm trying not to be too nervous at the moment because actually this is probably another reason my voice is a bit sore. I think it's my body saying, you know, preparing me a bit really because I've got a book, I've written my autobiography. Let me say I've written an autobiography and it's actually got the same name as this. It's called Spinning Plates because initially it was going to be a series of essays born out of some of the topics that come up on the podcast. So sort of, you know, being a working woman, raising a family, being in your 40s, blah, blah, blah. So I started writing a series of essays, as Hodra had suggested, and then I thought, actually, no, I want to write more than that. I want to write sort of everything, really. And it felt really, really, really good to write down a lot of stuff that I'd maybe never even shared before. There's definitely some things I've written in the book that I think even really close girlfriends wouldn't know about me. But obviously, conversely, I'm just about to release it and now I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what have I done? Um, so I suppose in a way the nerves are quite a good thing because it means I've been really honest and that's what I wanted to do at the beginning. And if I could press a button, would I change what I've written? No, definitely not. I stand by it, but I'm still a bit freaked out. It's out in just over a week. And, yeah, I think that's probably why I'm feeling a bit, a little bit nervous. <laughs> so if you do read any of it, um, well, feel free to reassure me I haven't overshared. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't really put that pressure on you. It's fine. Uh, 
yeah, anyway, that's kind of it, really. I'm confessing to you that that's how I'm feeling. I'm confessing to you and to Rizzo because she's still here. I'm feeling, Rizzo, I'm feeling a bit nervous. She says, you're nervous about a book coming out. I've got a tooth coming out. That's much worse. You're right, Rizzo. You're right. Perspective. Thank you, Puscat. Anyway, on that bombshell, I shall leave you. I've got another really lovely one next week. Take care. See you soon. This is not about fight, fight. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 